Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 53 of Pigskins and Nylon, presented by TabEase.com, the best LTA edible on the market. I'm Wally Lukashensky, and I'm joined, as always, today by my good friends and co-hosts, Casey Mock and Hayden Ramsey. We've had a crazy week in sports. Football-wise for us here, we have signing day. The Super Bowl has been decided, the Bengals and the Rams. And then we've had probably one of the best weeks of Big Ten basketball of the entire year. A lot of nail biters. But first, I'm going to throw it over to these guys, Casey and Hayden. How are you guys doing tonight? What's up, Wally? I'm doing great, man. No, I completely agree with you. We had a great, great week of basketball in the Big Ten. I, I kind of sad Pat Mahomes doesn't get to play in another Super Bowl, but you know, I, once again, couldn't complain about the NFL games this past weekend. Um, you are right. Today is well. Today is Wednesday, December, or February second. Today is National Signing Day. Not really as much as much action around the Big Ten as maybe you would have thought. A lot of our schools got their recruiting classes wrapped up in the early signing day, but uh, still a few to hit on here. So. Really looking forward to this show, man. And then we'll go over to Hayden now. First of all, congratulations is in order for you. I believe you were named Faculty of the Month up there in Arcadia for your high school. So first of all, let us know about that. We'll pump your tires for a second. And otherwise, what else is going on in your world, man? Wally, you're doing too much, dude. But thank you. I was just talking to Wally about this before we started recording. But I finally got my... Technically, my machine is called a BiPAP, but it's, it's the same thing as a CPAP, just different letters. And last night was the first time that I used it, and it was the best night of sleep that I've had in so, so long. So, really, I want to encourage anybody who is having sleep issues, whether you know what it is or not, get it checked out. Because the process, it does, it is kind of annoying, like it takes a little bit of time, but the rewards for it definitely pay off. Especially, I mean, if you're not sleeping good, you, you're just a grumpy, cranky asshole, and it helps so much. Hell yeah, I was even just asking about it before as another big guy here. I'm very interested to hear about the BiPAP, CPAP, whatever letter I can get my PAP at. So I'll be calling and questioning about that. So hey, you're the man. But we'll just jump right into it now. Because it is National Signing Day, or at least the second one, Used to be a lot bigger in the past. With the early signing period, it has changed it a little bit. But Casey, we're going to throw it over to you. You're a recruiting corner. You'd imagine one of your bigger days. So what did happen today in the Big Ten? Yeah, I kept my eye on it throughout most of the day at work today. And it just was still very stale. Like I mentioned before, a lot of our teams wrapped up their classes in the early signing period. But there were a few commits that were noteworthy, I would say. Um, and reading off those right now, Indiana landed a three-star defensive lineman, Jamari Monette. I don't know. He's from Louisiana. Three-star guy, not really anything too crazy, but, you know, that's a pretty good get for, for Indiana. Uh, let me see here as I'm trying to refresh after. Okay, yeah, so a three-star quarterback from the state of Michigan, Deshaun Lee, commits to Iowa. Iowa typically has a great track record of turning – lower star defensive backs specifically into really superstars. Riley Moss was nothing spectacular coming out as a recruit. Micah Hyde was nothing. Tyler Sash just really known for turning out some really good defensive backs from not very highly touted guys. And remind you, they landed their high, one of their highest recruits ever 
and Xavier Nwampka, I think his name was, early signing period too. So really turned out to be a pretty good class for Iowa in the defensive backfield. Illinois lands a pair of three stars, three-star tight end from the state of Florida, Nyan Cargill, and then also landed another three-star guy, cornerback Xavier Scott. It's a nice name there. He committed to the Illini. Four-star wide receiver Janarian Bonner from the state of Georgia commits to Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So really good get there, four-star guy. Penn State lands three-star interior offensive lineman Vega Ione from Washington. And then Nebraska also lands three-star running back Ajay Allen from Louisiana. So, you know, busier day-to-day than what we've had probably the past four or five episodes, really since that last national si- or early signing day. So exciting, sure. Yeah, I guess. Now going into the 2023 recruits, Michigan State landed a big-time recruit. He's a four-star guy, defensive lineman from the state of Iowa. Another name I'm going to struggle with here, Andrew DePape. I don't know. He's number 134 overall in the 2023 class, so that's a major get for Michigan State. Minnesota lands a three-star interior offensive lineman, pretty high three-star too. Uh, Jerome Williams, he's from Minnesota, 6'4", 285, pretty good size there. Michigan State also lands an interior offensive lineman, Jonathan Slack from Detroit, Michigan, Martin Luther King High School. So keep an eye on that. He is uh, from the same high school as Dante Moore, who is a five-star quarterback in the 2023 class Rutgers lands a a not-rated guy. Nebraska lands a three-star cornerback from the state of Florida. Dwight Boodle II. Pretty cool name there. I'm going to root for that guy. And last but not least, Penn State lands an interior offensive lineman in the class of 2023, Anthony Donko. He's from Virginia. He's a pretty good-sized kid. And Wisconsin lands a linebacker from the state of Illinois. His name is Tyler Jancy. He is also a three-star. So that wraps it up for Cases Recruiter Corner this week. I didn't even look at the basketball ones, to be honest with you, but I didn't see any anything major, so nothing too spectacular. Any thoughts on any of those? Any, you know, not no five-stars, nothing absolutely spectacular, but a lot of guys that will probably make big impacts for our Big Ten teams here. Biggest win is uh, Caleb Williams going to USC instead of Wisconsin. I I disagree. I now I gotta have some elaboration here, Casey. What do you disagree with about that? I I think that would have been awesome. That would have been really really cool. We would have been able to finally see Wisconsin's full potential. Like how? I uh, see. That- I misunderstood. I apologize, Casey. I th- oh. I thought you were saying that it wouldn't have been a the biggest get for Wisconsin had they got it. Hand no, up. I'm- that's on me. Yeah, no, I'm saying it would, but I'm saying I disagree with Hayden's take that that was the biggest win, that he didn't go there. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously as Buckeye fans, I do want to see Ohio State win the Big Ten every year, but since we've started doing this podcast and there's 13 other teams that we pay attention to, you can't help but kind of root for these teams a little bit. And I think it would have been really cool to, even for two years, get that Russell Wilson experience, and we'll get into that when we bring up topics later. Because I do want to get into the details with him and the Ingram family that kind of led to Wisconsin being involved. But the only takeaway I had, and it's less, I guess it's more of something that you didn't say, but did you notice any kind of fallout 
from Jim Harbaugh's off-and-on relationship with the NFL in recruits that you would either expect Michigan to have landed today or not really anything as of yet? No, Michigan's recruiting class was wrapped up at the early signing period. The only I what I've heard is that Harbaugh has been very open with the recruits and has told them, "Hey, if an opportunity in the NFL comes, I'm probably going to take it." So I, while there will be people that Michigan loses, I don't think that it'll be as drastic as what everyone thinks. I did see an article today though on two four seven that said Harbaugh's indecision is leading to a five star a five-star player rethink his decision or something like that. And they were talking about Will Johnson, and that was Michigan's highest recruit. He's a top 15 guy, cornerback from the state of Michigan. And apparently, you know, Harbaugh, like I said, has been very honest with them about wanting to go to the NFL, wants to win a Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of got him rethinking his decisions a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a sign. He's an early enrollee. He's a sign a signee, so I don't know if anything's gonna come from that, but a lot a lot of talk really, and that's that's all everything's been since Michigan's season has ended. And we'll bookmark this for right now because when we do get into topics we'll talk a little bit more Harbaugh. But you would imagine that that is going to play itself out in the next week, two weeks tops. And then from there that's when we're gonna start seeing if there is any kind of a fallout going into next year. But now Hayden, we're gonna go over to you. As we always do can you let us know what happened this last week in Big Ten Hoops? Had a couple really good games, some buzzer beaters, some overtime games, and then, regrettably for you and me, a real heartbreaker on Sunday. Yeah, this was a loaded week of uh, Big Ten basketball starting last Thursday before we before our podcast was out. Ohio State really controlled the game for the most part within you know a six-ish point game against Minnesota, and they, they won that one. Purdue beat Iowa and Wisconsin won on the road in Lincoln. On Saturday, Michigan State, again, kind of controlled the game throughout and beat Michigan by double digits. Illinois survived a close game at Northwestern, which is always a tricky place to play, just asking Michigan State. Indiana beats Maryland, and Rutgers beat Nebraska. Wally, Wally touched on it a little bit. On Sunday... Ohio State played at Purdue, and Purdue controlled the game really for the most part until there was probably, I don't know, probably under 10 minutes in the second half, and Ohio State made a really big comeback only to lose by a Jaden Ivey game-winning three-pointer, which, by the way, was an amazing shot. I mean, you really couldn't have played it any better. The dude just knocked down a really good shot. Um, And Wisconsin beat the Gophers to move to 17-3. and And then uh, Monday, Penn State beat uh, Iowa in a game where Keegan Murray really struggled for Iowa uh, throughout most of that game. He came up really clutch, made a game-winning, or no, not game-winning, a game-tying put back to send that game to overtime and really led Iowa throughout the overtime periods. But Penn State was just a little bit too much, and they, they beat Iowa at home. Michigan State beat Maryland by two on the road. Northwestern beat Rutgers at home. And Michigan beat Nebraska. Casey, let's go over to you first. Hayden and I were talking a little bit before we recorded, and I don't mean to put you on a spot that's something that's not on the rundown, but you are starting to look more and more right on the Michigan Wolverine basketball season at this point where maybe there's something that is really wrong that isn't salvageable that Hayden and I believe that would be. Michigan State loss was tough. 
even the Nebraska win, it just left more to be desired. Where's the panic meter at for you? And not only terms of this team even getting to be competitive in the in the dance, but the fact that it's not even like a for sure that they're going to get there. Yeah, first off, I'll start by saying I was going through Michigan's schedule the rest of the year, and I think at best I saw they're going to be 16 and 13. And with their wins that they've had out of their 11 that they had so far, they do not have – I think Indiana is their only quad one win. So at 16 and 13, unless they make some noise in the Big Ten champion in the tournament, I don't see them getting in. You know, the easy thing is to just blame – the the chemistry within the players uh, because I I mean they lost so much from last year's team I get it they replaced it with highly touted guys but the chemistry has just been off but basketball wise they can't shoot they do not have anybody that can shoot the ball at a consistent level and that and that guy was always Isaiah Livers or Wagner or Shondi Brown last year and they do not have it for instance last night they won a game. And they shot two for 15 from three. The Michigan State game, they were three for 19. I don't know if everyone that listens to us are big basketball people, fans or whatever. Shooting 15% from three on the road in today's day and age will cause you to lose by at least 16 points, which which is what Michigan did. You know, they're not turning the ball over 20 times or, or anything like that. It's simply they are not a good scoring team not I wouldn't even say all around because Musa Diabate and Hunter Dickinson can dominate at times in the low post but they they can't shoot the three and I think that's their biggest issue right now when it comes to basketball outside of the culture and the chemistry and all that kind of stuff Hayden and I agreed on 17 and 12 so we're definitely within a game of each other but like you were saying if even if they are 17 and 12 because of the lack of quad one wins right now, there's a real chance that this team has to win at least two games in a Big Ten tournament in that scenario, which is possible depending on the the right matchups there. But going into the year, this was a national championship hopeful team. This is a real look-in-the-mirror moment for this entire program. You mentioned how dominating Dickinson and Diabate can be in the low post. Dickinson scored 25 points in that game against Michigan State. And it felt like he scored 40. And every time, every time the ball was in his hands, it seemed like he was able to score. But credit to Michigan State, this is where they're a team that can really go on a deep run. Where in this game, Max Krisky probably played his best game of his young college career at this point. The stats really don't show how good he was, especially in that first half. Three of four from three, five of eight overall, and career high 35 minutes played. But then later in the week, you see Michigan State to really struggle and have to win on a game-winning basket against Maryland on the road. That's where I feel like you're either going to have them go to the Elite Eight or a Final Four, or they can be a team that on the wrong day can even get knocked out in the first round. Yeah, and when I was watching the Michigan-Michigan State game uh, uh, last weekend, that first half, I was sitting there thinking, like, Michigan is the better basketball team. They look better. Their offense looks better. But then I, I they they just went cold. They just went really cold. Like you said, Max Christie had a great game that game. And, you know, I, I think Michigan State just played a lot better than they did, especially in the second half. But Dickinson has been outstanding and put the team on their back in the last five games. 
and I'm not sure he can do it because I think the teams that they're going to run up against, Purdue, Illinois, I'm sure Iowa has a big man in there. Like They're going to be able to limit his ability to score. And final thought here on Michigan real quick. I know, but they have to split, at least split Purdue, the Purdue and Ohio State uh, two-game series. They have to split if they have any shot at making the tournament. And we're going to throw it over to you. First, I guess we'll give you a final word on Michigan, too. We were talking about how brutal this backstretch is, and we thought COVID break could have been a real benefit for Michigan. But because of losing a couple of these games, you now have, like Casey's mentioned, Purdue twice. Ohio State twice, Wisconsin, Illinois. It, it, I mean, teams like Rutgers on that schedule have proven to be far from a pushover in this conference. What Do you think Michigan, first of all, simple question, do they make the tournament? And then beyond that, maybe talk a little bit about that Ohio State-Purdue game because, again, no quit from the Buckeyes, but Purdue looks really, really good. Yeah, I, I'm going to give Michigan the benefit of the doubt and say they get in by the slimmest of margins because uh, you guys have, have nailed it. That back end of the schedule is absolutely brutal. But I do think, as as Casey was talking about, I do think that they will split with Ohio State. So that gives them a pretty, you know, a, a ranked win. So I think, I think that's going well for them. This next three-game stretch for them, I think, is going to determine if they make it because they're at Purdue, at Penn State, and then home against Purdue. And that's not even following up the next three games after that that are huge. But, like, if you can split – I'm mimicking Casey here. If you can split one of the, one of those Purdue games, that is going to go a long way. I'm going to say they, they, they do it barely. As, as far as Ohio State goes, this Ohio State team – and I, I think this has kind of been a trend. Uh, you know, a lot of Ohio State fans get on Chris Holtman about maybe not bringing in great talent and not having – you know, final four elite eight teams. But something that his team always does is they're going to play hard and they're going to scratch and fight until the very end. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the score is. They were down by 20 points in the second half to that Purdue team, which by the way, I I think I'm going to pick them to go to the final four. Like I think they're that good. And and they battled and they, they scratched and clawed all the way back. Uh, And there was a point, with a couple minutes left or, you know, at least when they tied it, I thought there was a chance that they win that game. And I guess that says a lot about Ohio State, you know, where they're at. They're not the most talented team ever, but they're going to play hard the entire game. So I, I think Ohio State fans should should think positive, you know, about that game, even though they lost. That was a game you would mark off as an L before the season starts, no matter what, anyway. So, to you know, it, nobody wants to lose, but to, you know, be competitive and be like that in a, in a game – Against a team that I think very, very highly of, um, I think is a big step. And once we get into our topics, we'll get into a little bit more about some of these elite guys that have put teams like Ohio State on the map with EJ Liddell. And Casey, I think you added it to the rundown, but seven of the 20 finalists at this point, or at least candidates for the Wooden Award, are all Big Ten players. So we'll get into that here a little bit more. But Hayden, do you mind filling us in on what we're going to be looking at here in the next seven to eight days? Absolutely. So starting tonight, actually right now, Purdue is playing at Minnesota. And a big one, Wisconsin plays at Illinois. So that's those are a couple key games. Tomorrow, which is Thursday, Iowa goes to Ohio State, which 
I don't know what the weather in Columbus is going to be like, but it'll be interesting if that game is going to actually be played. Yeah, can I touch on that real quick? Yeah. Before I forget. So I was listening to the radio on the way back, and they were saying that there are some issues with Iowa's flight, like getting a flight, apparently. So that game was in question, but the guys on the Buckeye show seemed pretty confident that that game was still going to be played despite the the bad weather coming through. If Iowa can uh, get on a plane. That's like when, remember maybe last year or a couple years ago, that team lost all their luggage and they had to play a game in practice jerseys. That like reminds me of like the, this kind of situation. No, I don't know. That was Michigan and that was when their plane crashed. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was yeah. Michigan. Yeah. No, their they're plane crashed and then they had to wear their practice uniforms against Illinois the first game. And then I'm pretty sure they ended up winning the Big Ten the Big Ten tournament that year, too, if I remember correctly. See, it happened again this year. I don't know what team it was. It wasn't, obviously, Michigan or a Big Ten team. I think it was somebody really small. But they actually had to wear the practice uniforms of the other team because they completely forgot their uniforms. So they literally got there, and they're like, uh, don't know what to tell you. So they wore the practice jerseys of their opponents. So I don't know. You'll have to look that up, people at home. But it's pretty funny. That's unbelievable. On Saturday, Illinois plays at Indiana. Northwestern's at Nebraska. We talked about this one. Michigan at Purdue. Michigan State at Rutgers. Penn State at Wisconsin. On Sunday, Maryland travels to Ohio State. Minnesota travels to Iowa. Monday, we have nothing. Tuesday, Wisconsin at Michigan State. And Illinois at Purdue. Those are two ginormous games for you know, conference standings and any seeding that might be happening. Michigan is at Penn State that night, and Indiana is at Northwestern. Wednesday, Ohio State travels to Piscataway to take on Rutgers. Minnesota at Nebraska. And now we'll finish off with Thursday, Iowa at Maryland. And then the rematch, Purdue goes to Ann Arbor. That's a crazy, first of all, for Michigan. We talked about how important the rest of the year is, but this next seven days... Eight days, I guess, since we're recording on Wednesday instead of Thursday, like usual. Insane. If they can find a way to win two of these three games, I would feel really good about them making the tournament. But like you said, if it's even one of three, you start really wondering if this team's got the legs to get there. Tough little three-game stretch here for, for Michigan, and really it's just playing Purdue twice. We'll, we'll see. I, I expect them to get their ass kicked at Purdue, I don't think that they have the dogs to to win in Mackey Arena on Saturday. So that'll be similar to what the Michigan State Michigan game was. But also, this Penn State game is tricky. It's 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 you know you have Purdue coming up. It's on the road. They might I don't know if Penn State gets hyped for basketball games, but I'm sure they'll they'll get hyped for that game. And then you got to follow that up with Purdue again on Thursday. It's a big time. Big-time week for Michigan. They need to go, as I was looking through their schedule when we were talking about it, I think they need to go 2-1 and one in the next three three-game series. Does that make sense? For them to um, you know, have any shot at making the tournament. So, obviously, that's a key point this week. Big games everywhere. I think Indiana could get Illinois. They host the Illini on Saturday. Indiana's not a place I would want to play. You know, Maryland at Ohio State, that is a game I might actually go to since I don't have anything to do on Sunday. And then the two big ones on, on Tuesday, I'm looking forward to it. Going going back to the Michigan at Penn State, the middle of those three games, 
another reason you mentioned, you know, just being sandwiched kind of between Purdue. But another thing is Penn State, I think, has an underrated big man. And I think John Harrer, I think I think that's how you say it, is better than kind of the recognition. He doesn't get the recognition of, you know, the big names in the Big Ten. But he I think he is a solid player. And, you know, I'm not, you know, Hunter Dickinson is who he is. But that could be just tricky to match up against a physical guy like that in between going against a seven foot four dude. Well, and that's a game too, depending on what Penn state team you see. Cause all year it's been a question of whether Penn state shows up. Cause when they do, they've been proven to be a tough team to beat, especially there. It's just when they're off, they're a really bad basketball team. So Michigan's going to be crossing their fingers there, but two games I wanted to touch on real quick before I'm done. Illinois and Indiana, Casey brought it up again. But Illinois, I know they haven't played great this year, but doesn't it feel like Kofi Coburn's really imposing his will right now? Where Northwestern almost got him last week, and it felt like everybody on the floor for Illinois took the night off, except for Kofi Coburn. He had three or four different and ones, completely dominated the low post, and he just feels like a man amongst boys right now. I know we went into this year with them being high picks for to win the Big Ten. And that's what leads me into the other game I'm really looking forward to this week. And that's Wisconsin going to Michigan State. These two teams weren't a part of that Big Three that we went into the year thinking that we're going to win. And that's a game for sole possession of first place in the Big Ten right now. I can see either one of those teams winning that game. And more importantly, I can see either one of those teams actually winning the regular season Big Ten championship and I didn't think that even three weeks ago I thought there was a chance in hell that would happen Sparty by a hundred I don't know I got a Johnny Davis problem so I'm probably going to be rolling with the Badgers there you guys good to go into other topics now as long as you are buddy we want to remind you guys that pigskins and nylon is brought to you by tabbies.com the best delta 8 THC edible in the market it's sugar free keto friendly gluten free heat resistant made of 100% pharmaceutical-grade ingredients with consistent dosing for the perfect edible experience. But hey, if you're not into Delta 8 THC, that's not a problem. Tabby's offers an option with no THC while using the same proprietary drug delivery system to ensure that guaranteed dosage of CBD. Right now, Tabby's.com offers three flavors, galactic fruit, watermelon, and mint. Mint is my personal go-to, and it's perfect anytime you are feeling anxiety and stress running your life. As some of you may know, I've been battling depression and anxiety for a long time. Products like this really help me when I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's not a quick fix, but it really has helped me, and I'd recommend them to anybody, even if they weren't our sponsor. So please make sure you do follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Tabby's Co. That's Tabby's Co. spelled T-A-B-E-A-S-E-C-O to be the first to know when they drop. You can get any of these products at tabease.com and with the promo code BIG10, you can get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. We mentioned at the top of the show that we were going to talk a little bit more about Jim Harbaugh. He's flirting with the Vikings. They brought him in for an interview today. As of yet, nothing has been confirmed. Now, Yahoo reported last night, I guess for you guys it'll be two nights ago, suggested that Harbaugh's Wednesday interview with the Vikings is more of a formality, and especially with going everything in the NFL right now, that's not what you want to hear, but preemptively started passing out 
goodbyes inside the program. So it sounds like if Minnesota is going to be hiring Jim Harbaugh, he's going to say yes. Where does that leave us? Do you think that this is where we're going to be looking at in a week? Or do you think that at the end of the day, Minnesota is going to find another guy outside of Jim? Yeah, I'm not really sure, obviously, the Minnesota part of this whole deal. But I've everything I've heard was if the Vikings offer him the job, he's going to take it. So that's really what I expect. I think the other can Harbaugh is the most qualified out of all the candidates that they brought in. So, you know, are they w- willing to offer it to him, which I'm sure they will. And Harbaugh is going to be gone here in a couple of days. I think he's going to, I think he would definitely address it to the team first before it went to social media or sports center or anything like that. I feel like Harbaugh would hold a team meeting, but I have no idea, and I think that's why we haven't heard an announcement or anything official yet because his meeting was today, Wednesday, at uh, like 8 o'clock in the morning, so you'd think we've heard something by now, but I haven't heard anything. Well, yeah, I think you asked us maybe last week or the week before to give like a, a percentage of if we thought Harbaugh was staying uh, at Michigan or if he would jump to the NFL, and I think I said something like 65% that he was staying I, I feel like this has gone on a very long time and he he keeps flirting with these with these teams that I, I do now think it's gonna happen. I've had kind of a change of heart a little bit. I thought for the longest time that this was like a money play and that he was gonna do this to try to get some of the incentives or whatever he'd lost in his last contract back. But it really especially now with Yahoo coming out with that that report, it sounds like he might be the next guy in Minnesota, which which will be interesting, not only for Minnesota, but for for whom Michigan is going to bring in. I, I think they would probably keep it in-house for at least this year, but a, a new face to that program is going to be uh, weird to see. And I think what pushed me over the line, because even up to about 48 hours ago, I still was kind of 50-50 on it, because I thought he really wanted the Raiders' job. And when that didn't happen, I thought that at that point, there was a better chance he'd go back. But with the Vikings hiring Kwesi Adofu Mensa, the new GM, by the way, Flexen, did you see that pronunciation? But he worked together with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco for two years while he was there. And it sounds like they have a pretty good relationship with one another. And if that's the case, Jim Harbaugh is going to be walking into a situation where he's already got good chemistry and rapport with the GM, which you guys fully understand how hard that is when a lot of the times it, there's a power struggle and both of those guys almost want to be the alpha in the room. And if they're on the same page on the, like the beginning of this, I think that is something that would really be appealing to Jim Harbaugh getting back into what is very likely one of his final stops in the NFL. So yeah, I'm with you, Hayden. I, I think that I'm officially on the, it will happen train. Yeah. I don't think there's any question that it's going to happen now. I think it's just, when are we going to hear about it? And then what is Michigan going to do with with their search? I mean, it's a big time. It's a big time job, obviously. There are a lot of things, too, I wanted to touch on. Or not that I wanted to. There are a lot of things that are so attractive about that Minnesota job that I, I cannot blame him for, you know, if he wants to go to the NFL. That job is damn near you know, one of the best available right now, if not the best available, you have a weak, weak, weak division 
You have a quarterback coming back that is not great, but good enough. And I would definitely say he's the second best in the division. And then you don't even know if if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to Green Bay, which is, I don't know, maybe there's a 40% chance he doesn't, then you're right there. Like, you're at the top. You're expected to win in the division. You have a superstar running back. You've always had a great defense. So, you know, that's it, it's a great it's a great landing spot for Harbaugh if if really, you know, chasing the Super Bowl is his aspiration. Let's just switch now, I guess, to something that maybe we'll we'll, we'll get a little bit more disagreement on is Caleb Williams. He chooses Lincoln Riley in USC over Wisconsin. And something I guess I didn't realize until the announcement of the official hiring of Bobby Ingram. I didn't realize that he had a really tight relationship with not only Bobby Ingram, but with his son who's a wide receiver at Wisconsin right now. Apparently they went to high school together. That's Dean Ingram. So that was a little, I guess, surprising because there was probably more of a pull to Wisconsin than I expected. And there was an NIL push at the very end from the Badgers trying to match the USC money. But unfortunately for the Badgers, Southern California is going to be really hard to top in terms of NIL agreements, and he does go there. Any kind of thoughts you guys have? Does Wisconsin ever get that guy again? Did Russell Wilson, that's going to put them in the national championship race, or are, I guess they kind of just stuck? I think it's tough to put you know somebody in the category of Russell Wilson. I think we've seen you know even as pro, even in his you know, professional career. That that dude is a lot better than I think we gave him credit for in college. Uh, but I hope so. I really hope so. It'd be really, really fun to see how good this Wisconsin team can be with a competent quarterback, which they haven't had since Russell Wilson. I mean, shoot. Doesn't it feel like all the quarterbacks they've had in the last 10 years since then have been the same guy too? Whether it be Scott Tolzien, Joel Stave, I'm forgetting another dozen of them that have come Jack through. Cone, Jack Cone. Jack Cone. Alex Hornybrook. Hornybrook. Oh hey, my put God. some respect on Jack Cone, dude. Yeah, no. He is terrible. And we had this argument last week with Austin about how bad he is. It's funny. I I guess I just think that it's it's not like a good thing for the conference as a whole, but like I said on the last show, it's, it's good for certain teams. Uh, I would not want to play... Wisconsin with Caleb Williams twice, once in the regular season and once in the conference title. And that could have been a reality for a couple of teams, especially in the Big Ten, Big Ten East, obviously. I mean, that's how it would have to be. But like Ohio State, uh, Penn State, maybe Michigan, like all of, uh, three of those teams could have a real problem if that would have happened. Like, I, I guess as an Ohio State fan, I'm kind of glad it doesn't or it didn't. Wally, off the off the cuff here, is he that good? Okay, both of you. Is is Caleb Williams that good? Like, I know he's good. I, trust me, I know he's good, and he's better than any quarterback on Wisconsin's roster. But is he, like, like is he that good? Last year, Oklahoma, we didn't get a full sample size of Caleb Williams, and even when he was in there, the games like the Kansas game sticks out to you in your mind, where, of course, Wisconsin would kill to have this guy, and you're right, because he's better than anybody on their current roster. But, yeah, I think we should pump the brakes on him being the next great thing. We'll see in USC if he's able to do it. But the Big 12, we know what their defenses are. Outside of Bedlam this year, 
I mean, who is anybody worth a damn, I guess, defensively in the Big 12? That's a fair point, but we have also seen some really good quarterbacks come out of the Big 12, and we were, pro- we were probably kind of questioning them the same way as we are with Caleb Williams right now. But, you know, shoot, we'll see. I, I'm not really sold that the Pac-12 is that much better, to be honest with you, so we might still have those questions about him, but we'll find out. Casey, you added this, and I'm really happy you did to our topics. Seven of the top 20 of men basketball player featuring the Wooden Award list right now are Big Ten names. Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, Kofi Coburn, Keegan Murray, Trace Jackson Davis, EJ Liddell, and Johnny Davis. Surprisingly, Hunter Dickinson is no longer there. It's Unfortunately for him, it's where his team is kind of holding him back in that regard. Like you don't see a Heisman Trophy winner ever go to a six and six kind of team, and that's kind of the feel here. But of these seven guys right now, if I made you pick one that has a realistic chance to win it all, who is it? Jaden Ivy. That dude is damn good. And I wanted to mention too, I would take this top seven and throw Hunter Dickinson in there. Top eight players in the Big Ten versus whatever the hell anybody else can come up with through the other conferences because, my goodness, that's a great top eight right there. I I hate to say that I agree with Casey, but uh, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey as well. And I'm I'm going with him part of the reason because I picked him in our fantasy basketball draft, and I thought that was a really good pick back then, and I still think it's a really good pick, and he's kind of proven that it's been a good pick, so good for me. As much as it hurts us, wasn't it kind of like, I know it's not the Heisman moment, but his wooden moment, that three he had against Ohio State to win it, it feels really like that could have pushed him even higher in that discussion because Purdue's going to be a top 10 team all year. By the end of the year, there's going to be a lot of teams, a lot of people picking them to win it all. So I think he's probably the safest pick. But if you're going to go a little bit off the, the cuff here, why not think about someone on a team that could steal the Big Ten? And that's why I know I've got a problem with Wisconsin on this show. It seems like every time I can, I want to pick somebody. But who's to say if Johnny Davis and Wisconsin can elevate their game, maybe win out minus one or two games in a regular season? I could at least see him getting a little buzz for it. But I think you guys are right. I think Jaden Ivey is the clear number one right here. I just wanted to check in on our... Our basketball teams that we picked. So, oh, oh, hey, hey, before you do that, even bigger, and you're going to like it, I think. Just reported by Adam Schefter, Jim Harbaugh called Michigan to inform the school that despite interviewing with the Vikings today, he will be returning to school for the 2022 season. No way. Yes. Michigan was, in the words of one source, in quotes, elated to get Harbaugh's decision. No way. So it was a money play. Crazy. That or the Vikings didn't offer him the job, which I, I would be more shocked if the Vikings didn't offer him the job than I would be like if I found it, like if we found out it was a money play. You know what I'm saying? Did that make sense? Yeah, because I mean it seems like he's been flirting so much with NFL teams that it would almost shock me that he had an offer from somebody that he's already close with, like we talked about with the G- the GM up there in Minnesota. I, this is crazy. So, But anyways, Casey, I'm sorry that I cut you off. I just figured that you guys would want to hear that as fast as you could. One last thing. I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this. I feel like that's pretty big news. 
I'm glad because if he's coming back, he can come down to Columbus and get get his ass whooped off. Is is my hope anyway? I, after last year, I'm a little shaken in my boots, but that was my first reaction. This is ten year war kind of feeling now, right? Where if Jim Harbaugh can get a little bit more momentum, maybe he is married to the Michigan job now. And if he does get another win against Ohio State next year, maybe that's the time he goes to the NFL because his stock, we keep saying, will never be higher than this. If he beats Ohio State in Columbus next year, you'd imagine it goes up even another couple octaves. Well, and even then, though, like, where would he leave to go to? Because like I was mentioning before, you have one of the easiest divisions in all of football with a, a solid starting quarterback. Like, Minnesota is a very attractive job, so... I don't know what else you would leave for unless there's like a specific area of the country that he wants to be in, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, think about this. And this is an idea, and it's not a guarantee, but if Dallas doesn't win a couple playoff games next year, Mike McCarthy is going to be out in Dallas. And what is more Jerry Jones oh my God. than to get a big name like Jim Harbaugh in the Could saddle you just with Prescott? Doesn't you can hear that? And if I tell you next year that the Cowboys' job opens up, the only two names that pop up is Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh, because Jerry Jones is going to want to make a splash. That would be something to see. That would be terrible to see. I do. Not, I am not a big fan of the Cowboys, and I would not want Harbaugh or Sean Payton to go there. To be honest with you. Wow, that was a fun little segue yeah, for a Sean, second. Sean Payton sucks. I'm with you, Hayden. I, I think he's overrated. I don't think he sucks, but I think he's overrated. But Casey. He sucks. <laughs> Casey, I cut you off right when I got that news. You were telling us something. We were on the Wooden Award top seven, and you wanted to throw another fact in there. Can you remember what it was, or did that kind of throw you off? Yeah, no, I think I do remember. It, it was something about our our um, our teams that we picked, our top six teams that we picked. And... I believe Hayden, now I have to get back on. Yeah, so Hayden got Liddell and Jaden Ivey. So he got two guys on the top seven, or in the top seven of the top 20. Does that make sense? Seven of two. He got two of the seven Big Ten players that are in the top 20 of the Wooden Award. I had Kofi Coburn and Trace Jackson Davis. And Wally, you had nobody. Hey, I told you it was a tank here. I'm rebuilding. <laughs> Poor guy. I, just, I, Poor I guy. really couldn't remember who got EJ Liddell, so I, I was trying to look that up. But Wally's just a, along for the basketball ride. Hell yeah, and I'm okay with it. I picked up Johnny Davis in free agency, so that's where we're going. Oh, yeah, and, and Keegan Murray too? Yeah, see, I'm glad that you guys are picking up. I, I built through free agency. I'm not a draft guy. But let's get it now. We saved it to, from last week. But we really wanted to kind of talk into this because all three of us are actually going to agree on something for the first time, I think, in our lives. There was a report last week that the Iowa athletic director was hinting that the Big Ten was possibly going to move down from nine to eight conference games and to potentially eliminate divisions altogether. And in that case, you could be seeing Ohio State, Michigan in the final week of the season and then followed it up by them playing the exact same game in the conference title. It's tough. I understand that they want conference parody but this to me all it does is it makes it really hard for the big 10 to guarantee that they're ever going to get a spot in the playoff yeah this might be the dumbest move of all time if it, if it were to happen it would be flat out stupid yeah i don't i don't really know if 
this is just one of the weirdest topics that I, it's a massive topic. Don't get me wrong, but it's so weird because we're not arguing with each other. We're all in agreement. This just makes no sense at all. This, uh, you know, eliminates any possibility of getting two teams in, in this playoff format. It, you, you run into the issues that you, that the big 12 runs into this year was a perfect example of that. You had two quality teams in the Big 12, Baylor and Oklahoma State, and had Oklahoma State played a, uh, I don't even know who else was relevant in, not Oklahoma, you know, they could, Texas. No, Texas was terrible. I, Iowa State? Iowa State, there we go. If Oklahoma State plays in Iowa State and they win that game, they're in the they're in the college football playoff more than likely. So they shot themselves in the foot, and I'm – I fear that that would be the case for the Big Ten, too, if they actually go to this format. It would have to be, for for this format to work, you would have to have somehow two undefeated teams in the conference championship game, and they would have to be like a big name, like a Michigan and Ohio State, and that team would have to lose and still get in as like the four seed in this format, basically. They'd be like a twelve and one runner up who would still get in. I think that's the only way. Yeah, I mean, the only people that were celebrating seeing this news had to be the guys in charge of the SEC, the big dogs, the Alabamas of the world, the Georgias of the world, the Auburns, LSU's. Those guys are the only ones celebrating because the way this is turning into is that the SEC is probably more often than not going to get two teams in, and then you're going to have to find two more teams, whether it be Clemson out of the ACC because. Right now, it feels like they're about the only one over there. And then Pac-12, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. USC, perhaps Oregon. Maybe Utah in an off year. So, I don't know. There's just, this is so bizarre that anybody in the Big Ten was like, you know, this is the way that we're going to get in a playoff more. If this goes through, Kevin Warren should be fired. Completely agree. I don't know how you fire the commissioner or whatever, but he needs to be fired. He's already on thin ice. I couldn't agree more, fellas. You guys are nailing it right now. But, I mean, I don't really have a ton more to add here other than it's completely asinine to even suggest this. And, I mean, you you say defired if it happens. If this ever gets serious consideration, because it almost feels like, you know how they play these games with the media where there's a chance that the Iowa AD literally almost let it slip on purpose where it was like, hey, what's the public response to this? And considering the fact that nobody in the Big Ten was happy. And this is even worse for, I mean, the poor guys like Illinois and Northwestern on the Big Ten West. I mean, not only is it already difficult for them to get wins, start adding Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan to the rotation and watch how bad those teams are. Yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking about it a little bit, the only thing that I could possibly see it benefiting some teams is like, for instance, this year, Penn state played a tough ass schedule and I thought they were the second best, had the second best talent in the big 10, but yet they had five losses because they had to play Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state and Iowa who were the five best teams in the conference. And so if you, if you eliminate the divisions, you eliminate, a team like Penn State or Michigan or Michigan State in other years from having to play that gauntlet of the Big Ten East. And then maybe, 
I still don't even think that increases your chance of getting, like, sneaking another team in. So, I don't know. I guess I just got nowhere with that point. No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you, though, because the way I looked at it, it's the only three teams that you could make a case in the Big Ten it would, it'd like, be a benefit for two would be Rutgers, Indiana, and Maryland. Because even if one of those teams in the Big Ten East are eliminating from your schedule, it's perhaps at least one more winnable game that right now, but then imagining Ohio State on like a, a bad year, getting like a Michigan, a Penn State, and then going to the West and having to deal with Wisconsin and perhaps like a Minnesota. I mean, that's just a brutal thing to ask of these top Big Ten East dogs right now because they really do run the conference. Yeah, there there would have to be some sort of agreement. I, I, I'm sure these dudes aren't complete idiots. Like, you can't have Ohio State running. I'm not convinced. You can't have Ohio State running Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State. Like, there's, well, there's no way you can do that. I, I'm glad you said that, though, because I want to hear your guys' take on this because they said that if this happened, that it would basically be you have three teams on your schedule locked in and then they rotate the other five of the eight games. If you're Ohio State, you know Michigan's locked in. There's a very good chance Penn State's locked in. So, like, that's what the problem is with this, is that the Big Ten East teams are still going to be having to play each other. Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I truly don't know, dude. There's no way they can do this. Yep, and that's what we're hoping. We're wrapping, we're wrapping. We're crossing our fingers and hoping that this is kind of the last time we have to talk about this. And hopefully the next thing that comes with the playoffs is expansion. But that is going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon brought to you by Tabbies.com, the world's best Delta edible. We'll be back next week, talk a little bit more Big Ten basketball and any other current events surrounding the conference. If you guys like our podcast, please share it and spread it around to your friends and family. Make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at P and N pod Facebook at P and N pod and Instagram also at P and N pod pretty busy week. Like we said, so I want to throw it to you guys. What do you want to leave us with today? Bring on snowmageddon, baby. I'm golf tomorrow. and hope that I get off Friday too. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but I am already canceled tomorrow as well. Um, I have the Ohio state or I don't know if it's the Ohio state, like, Ohio State University, or that's the state of Ohio, like the OHSAA uh, coaches clinic this weekend. That's Thursday night. That's why we had to record tonight. Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday. So I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully meeting and networking with a lot of people and and learning. So really excited about that. Nice long weekend, but really, really going to put in a lot of work on it too. Oh yeah, man. Just the ultimate grinder. And Warren is in Washington, D.C. right now. She just flew there today. She went to a concert. There's a concert tomorrow night. and She won't be back until Friday night. And so I don't know what to do with myself now that I have nothing to do tomorrow during the day. And so I'm just going to be chilling, I guess. I ordered some Chinese food tonight because I don't want to make anything. So whatever. Living your best life. Absolutely living your best life. I guess my only thought, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up today, Hayden. But it's weird that the greatest player in football's history is not going to be playing anymore. Tom Brady retiring. It's bittersweet. I didn't expect to actually be sad with the news came out. But with it coming out, you get nostalgic. And yeah, I have bad nostalgia with it too. But you 
also realize how lucky we were to watch someone as talented as he was to play football. So that's about all I got. I I have uh, chosen to put that very, very deep somewhere in my brain, and I just don't want to think about it. I get that, but at least for you, I mean, it's crazy to say how talented that guy was at 44 that this was probably the best. Give me one more damn year. Give me one more damn year. Wasn't this the best two year stretch though in Tampa Bay history? Yes. And I want one more. And I want one more. I don't want to go back to mediocrity. I don't. Well, you see, I think Tom Brady played it very, very well. And I would hate to see Tom Brady go out the way Peyton Manning did. My view of Peyton Manning is so different because of that last year with Denver where he just looked like garbage. And that's what I really? remember. I I mean, that's what I remember him for. Remember and, the good times in his career. Well, yeah, but I think Brady avoided that on purpose. Like He literally the, led the NFL in every single category. And everyone's like, come on, you know, come on, Tom, you led it. The NFL in every single category, you're still good. You can still do it. But I'm pretty sure that's what Peyton Manning probably thought too the year before he started to, you know, decline drastically. I'm sad to see him go too, Wally. I really am. I he, There's no doubt he was the GOAT. Well, you hear the stories about from like Jordan, from Kobe, like those kind of level athletes. The money he put into his body, the amount of, I mean, he was thinking football 12 months a year and you don't see that. He was a special person and, even just knowing that he's not one of the starting quarterbacks next year, it's just weird. I don't like it. Are you crying, dude? I should be. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> okay, last thing, and then like we're completely done, but this is funny. You guys won't see it unless you've already been watching it. But the United States national team is playing Honduras in Minnesota outdoors on Groundhog Day. How that was ever thought to be a good idea, it's negative 20 degrees right now, and they're playing a soccer game outdoors. Like, how did that ever get to this point? How do you get there? But whatever. That's all I have. Hey, I'm I'm just a, a big run-on sentence. All is all my life is. But we played lipstick and basketball the other day, and the kid had a alley-oop reverse dunk, two hands, uh, number one on Sports Center top ten. So yeah, I it wasn't fun to watch. It's kind of fun to look back at now, but the way our season's gone. I was literally just watching that again on my phone right before you said that, too. It's actually, like, low-key. If it wasn't against us, I would be way higher on it because it was actually really cool to see in real life. Like, this kid, I forget what his name is. This kid, he, he was pretty yeah, – he was really good. He was the best player we'll probably see all, we'll see all year. His jump shot was unbelievable, and he just had hops out of the gym. I still haven't seen this because I couldn't get it to load the other day. So you were, this was you. You were like the opponent in this game. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> that is awesome. I did not know that. Anyways, yeah, I'll watch that here in a little bit after we wrap up. But sorry to hear it, but also pretty cool that you got to see that there, Hayden. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back here next week for episode 54 of Pigskins and Nylon. And who knows, maybe we'll tell you who we think will win the Super Bowl. Pick. 